Hi, and welcome to the Wealthy Wednesday podcast with me, Dave Drimmy. In this podcast, I give you ideas, insights, information, and inspiration to help you achieve your potential in business and in life. So let's get stuck into this week's show. Hello, my friends. It's Dave Drimmy here from the Wealthy Wednesday podcast. And I am so excited this week because I've got a friend of mine uh, called Mike McCormack. He's here on the show from Dallas in the US of A. Now, why I'm so excited is because recently did a quiz and put out to my put out to my network and uh, 38% of people are still having hiring problems, hiring wonderful wonderful people to come and join their team. And Mike specifically is an expert in this area. So Mike, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, Dave. Well, Mike, I, I'm here in Scotland and it's a little bit chilly. It's not raining today, um, but I'm wrapped up well. What temperature is it with you right now? You know, today we are in the 60s in Dallas. Oh, chilly for you then. Chilly. It's chilly for us a little bit. Oh, yeah. wow. Well, I'm very, very jealous. So, uh so, Mike, we, we've known each other for, oh, my goodness, a wee while now. And um, and I'm absolutely fascinated by the work that you do. But just just so um, people uh, watching this video and listening to the podcast can actually get an understanding and a flavor, can you give us a little bit of a, a background of, of who you are and, and, and how you help people today? Sure, Dave. Um, you know, the, the story I like to tell is why I got into this business. Um, I spent the first 20 years of my career in corporate jobs. I, I call it corporate America. I worked for small and large companies in the U.S. And I worked for five different companies. I had 10 different job titles in the first 20 years of my career. Wow. And out of those 10 jobs, uh, in looking back, there were about two uh, that I would want to do again and eight that I would never want to do again. And so I started looking around. I have a technical background. So I started looking around for tools and processes to help companies make better people decisions and uh, started people right 20 years ago. Uh, it's been a, it's been a fun ride since that time. Whoa. That's hugely, hugely exciting. And so Help me understand a little bit more about people right and 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 what you actually do to help your clients. Okay. You know, everybody talks about hiring more A players or understanding what an A player is. Um, and and again, based on my history and experience of being in jobs and, and I never I was never let go because of poor performance, but there were some that I was a lot better in than others. So I started looking for tools that that help measure and show companies what's more likely to turn out well and what's likely not to turn out well in terms of employee decisions. So, you know, we we measure we use tools that have the ability to measure things objectively. It's not subjective. It's it's not how people feel about themselves. It's how they really are. And then how do they compare to people that you know in your company who have been knocking it out of the park or who, who have been your really strong players? What do they have that's similar to your A players? And what do they have that's not like your A players? And how's that likely to play out? 
so so what you're really saying is that um, instead of just kind of hiring somebody, just you know they're a friend of a friend or whatever, then there's yeah, more yeah. of a process, is more of a psychometric testing aspect of things. A bit like, gosh, yeah, I was right. just reading over the weekend. There's a book by Ray Dalio who's got this uh, the Bridgewater Associates, which is like a 180 billion of funds under management, and in the earlier days. Uh, and even in some respects today, he he kind of used the like Myers Briggs and different other tools. But so personality testing is really really important. Is that correct? Yeah, I, I, I'm glad you brought that up, Dave. Because when when companies or clients or prospects hear the word assessment, um, I, I'd say probably probably 90% or more of them jump to the conclusion that we're talking about a personality style tool. And in general, not not always, but mo- and, and there are literally thousands of personality style tools out there. And most of them are uh, based on a four quadrant framework. And they put a person into one of those four quadrants and they, they kind of more or less ignore the other three in terms of, well, you're looking for a blue or a yellow or a green or whatever the, the naming nomenclature is for that particular tool, which if you step back and think about it from a, from a logical perspective, those tools are, are based on a framework where roughly those four quadrants are all equal. So that roughly each one of those quadrants, 25% of the people will fall into. So if you if you use that logic and use that kind of tool, you're basically saying or guessing or hoping that one out of four people can be a top performer for you in any given role. Okay. And as com- contrasted or compared to that, we measure 20 different characteristics. And it's not a matter of do they have them or do they not have them. Um, because we all have all 20 of them. What's important is understanding how much of each one of those they have and how does that compare to their top performers. So it's a, it's a much more objective view of how a person's wired, how they behave, how they think, how they process information, what they enjoy doing. It's it's a it, it, we call it a whole person assessment because a it goes way beyond just personality in in measuring other areas too. But even in personality, you know, we measure nine different traits and and how much of each one of them you have, and then have the ability to compare that to uh, what we've measured or found from your top performers, or if you don't have any from top performers from other industries who are doing similar types of jobs. So this is really fascinating because I, I specialize in helping helping companies to actually grow and improve, and particularly to help the business owners to escape the shackles, if you like, of being immersed in the business and their, their employees come in and going, oh, this isn't working, that's not working, and they deal with minutiae, okay? So trying to help business owners gain freedom is really, really important. Now, systems are crucial, critical, in fact, and becoming more so, and technology today is, is phenomenal. So what I'm hearing is that you can go out and, uh, as a business owner, you can go out and put an advert up in Indeed, and you can keep your fingers crossed and hope that somebody applies, but in today's marketplace, that's slender at best. 
or you could go and use some of the four quadrant uh, personality tests, which is clearly way better than just sticking something on Indeed and hoping. Or you can go to the next level still, because I experienced the the test that you actually ran me through. It was like, whoa, it was completely mind-blowing in terms of understanding myself. So it's almost like there's three levels that you can go through and that you yours is like the gold medal standard. Would, would, would that be right? Well, that's 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 fairly accurate, Dave. But I want to make one um, adjustment or amendment to that, and that is, in certain parts of the world, there are certain tools that are not recommended for hiring or selection. Right. And in in many cases, I won't say in all, but in many cases, four quadrant tools. Although they may be good for certain things like communication styles and how we interact with others or how other people see us kind of globally, big picture, they're really not recommended for selection. So you, you should be very careful in terms of if, you, if you're using assessment tools in the selection process, you should be very careful about which ones you are using and understand how they work. Because you can be held accountable for being able to prove that what you're doing works and why you're doing the things you're doing. And and that's why tools like the ones we use are so valuable, because we've gone through all of the, the research and development and testing to make sure we can accurately or reliably measure all of these things. And then because we use the same tools with your current employees to, to see what your top people have in common, then we can compare them to what you know is working. And you can see kind of face in the mirror, how do they compare to what I've seen and experienced is working for me now. Wow. That's really, really powerful. And, and I remember reading somewhere also, Mike, that, um, and, and you probably have the statistics better than I will, because you this is this is your domain, if you like, this is your area of expertise. But it's something like when you make a hire or when you make a bad hire, it costs you 15 times their salary. By the time you factor in the tra- the onboarding, the training, the first several months, the you know the the management team that's involved, the training team, is that so? If someone was getting placed at 100 grand, for example, that's like 1.5 million. Is, is that is that correct or false? <laughs> it, you know, it, it's it's very interesting when you start talking about the, the the cost associated with a bad hire, and and the the estimates are really all over the map, Dave. Okay. And and I would tend to agree with what you just said. It's it's higher than most people think. But even if you take the bare minimum, and and you know the Society for Human Resource. Uh, management, SHRM, if you will, says that the cost of a bad hire typically is six to nine times what their monthly salary would be. So if you're paying somebody 5000 a month and they end up not working out and they leave or you ask them to leave, it can cost you, you know, up to $45,000 for making that mistake. Now, if you take a really bare bones approach to hiring and you say, yeah, but it really doesn't cost me that much because if they didn't perform, I didn't pay them. They were on commission, whatever. You know, if you really try to strip it all away, even the bare bones cost in terms of the time spent, 
the posting the ad, the advertising of the job, et cetera. Most studies I've seen say that that's at least a $5,000, and that's a hard cost. That's something you can measure, money you have spent to, to make a hire. Even at the bare minimum, it's 5000 But the reality is, I'd say the six to nine months probably applies to entry-level jobs, uh, to, to, to lower-end management jobs. I'd say the number you quoted is probably more for mid-level to senior-level roles. We were, I, I, I saw an article last week, and I think you shared it with me. Um, Stephen Jobs said, Jobs, Jobs, I'm still not sure how you pronounce his name years later, but he said that uh, A players can, you know, produce 50 to 100 times more than an average or poor player. Yeah. So it's really phenomenal what the difference can be depending on what level you're bringing a person in and what they're going to be responsible for. I think it, I think it's very safe for a mid-level to upper level hire in any company, any industry to say that it's going to cost you ultimately two to three times their salary if you make a mistake wow. um, and have to start over. So you can look at studies all over the map um, and you can say, yeah, it's really not that much. It, it could be astronomical. It's somewhere in the middle of those two, but it's a big number. It's fascinating, actually. Really, really fascinating. And um, this whole aspect, well, I've got a new client, actually, who, uh, who's come on board and, you know, it's a successful business, but there's challenges within the, the personnel, for example. And um, one, of the, one of the senior people basically is phenomenal in terms of operationally, but is horrific in terms of dealing with staff and is is um, destroying the culture that's been built up within the organization to the point that people want to leave because of this one individual. Right. So how could something like the tool you've actually got, and we'll, we'll, I'm, I'm hope you'll, 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 you'll leave some details at the end where people can get in touch with you if they're interested, but how can a tool like the one you actually utilize, and we'll, we'll use senior level people here, um, because uh, I'll just focus on that for the time being. But how can how can a tool like that um, screen out possibly some of the deficiencies? Is it even possible? Yeah, thanks thanks for bringing that up, Dave. We've actually had clients um, who came to us with similar circumstances to begin with, and and you know what's interesting about assessments, uh, especially if you're using reliable assessments that that can accurately measure things. A um, couple, couple of things I always tell my clients when they start to use assessments, and that is number one, we all, including me, you, and everybody who's ever taken any kind of assessment, we all think we are wired normally. <laughs> and when people are different from us, we think they're the ones that are screwed up, messed up, whatever word you want to use, because they're different from us. Um, one of the first things we do in working with new clients, uh, especially new senior management who, who is looking at using these tools within their company for whatever reason, um, is we have them complete the assessment and we walk through their results so they can understand what we're measuring, 
how their scores show up on, on our scale and how other people are likely to see them as a result of that and how they're likely to see other people who are different from them. So um, because it is a normed assessment, i.e. we know where most people fall and we know there's a upper end of the, the tail of the curve on both ends, on the low end and the high end, um, we can give really good examples of, you know, if you're, if you're on the high end, this is how most people see you and this is probably how you see most other people. And it can be very eye-opening slash enlightening for senior managers to understand how other people see them and how they're alike or different from other people before they start using this tool to make other decisions in their company. And we've had clients who actually start by assessing their entire senior leadership, senior management teams and doing a, you know, a group feedback session so that everybody gets to see who they are before they start looking at what can we do with this tool and what can we do in terms of how we use this to make better hiring decisions, better coaching decisions, better team decisions, whatever their situation or need is. It all starts with understanding who I am, <laughs> how other people see me, and how this tool works before we do any of the other stuff. So what you're saying there, Mike, is it's almost like a full 360 in understanding the persona and the strengths and weaknesses, if you like, of our colleagues when we actually work with them? It, it can be. We, we actually have 360 tools also. The one we use for measuring job fit, uh, if you will, is not technically a 360 tool. Um, we use it along with a 360 instrument if people want a 360 view of somebody. But we can use the tool to show them to explain how other people are likely to see them. So I'll give you an example. We've got clients who've been using this tool for 20 years now. I, I created people right 20 years ago. Uh, and I've got clients who are still clients today who started back then. And we can, we can use the results from this tool and create a, we call it a leadership report and we can describe to them how a person will be seen in a leadership role if they're thinking about promoting them into a leadership role. We can show them what that's going to look like before it happens. And, and you know, <laughs> real quick story here. I had a client call me a couple of years ago and say, hey, Mike, I just, I just promoted somebody a few months ago. It's not working out very well. What other report do you have? What can you do for me? How can you help me? And I said, well, did you run the leadership report before you promoted them? They said, uh, no. And I said, okay, step one, I'm going to run it for you. I'm going to send it to you and then let's talk. And so I ran their report, took a few seconds to run the report. Um, I sent it to them in an email and about 30 minutes later, they emailed me back because they had read through the report. And basically it was a OMG moment. Oh my God, everything I've experienced with this person that's not working out was shown in this report as a potential challenge area. And if I would had known about it in advance, I could have been proactive about helping the person address it before it affected them negatively. Yeah. And so 
there's lots of different ways the information can be used. Um, it just depends on what the what the client's initial needs are, and then and then how to expand it out from there, and continue to know and understand and expand how we use the information. Wow, that is hugely powerful, and especially um, I don't know what it's like in the states, uh, Mike, but here in here in the UK, just to hold on to good employees who are being attracted by uh, larger salaries elsewhere just to hold on to them is 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 bad enough so so people um, in businesses are giving inflated salaries so there's this like post covid lockdown thing where you're trying to retain the best talent because they're getting stolen elsewhere so some i've heard stories of people just getting pushed up to a new management position and a new title with some more money just to hold them but what you're saying is we need to put them through a series of hoops to make sure they're a good fit first. Yes, and and there are things we can know that we can proactively help them make those transitions. Right. We don't have to we don't have to promote and hope. Yeah. <laughs> we can promote and plan if that's what we have to do to right. keep people. Um, you know, the current world and it, it, you know, somebody could listen to this six months from now or a year from now. We can be in a totally different situation. But whether or not you are hiring like crazy or whether or not you are hunkering down, it is always imperative that you hire for job match or hire compared to what's best, what has historically worked best for you in the past. And there's very few reliable tools that can help you do that. In that article that I was reading last week, Jeff Smart wrote in one of his books, he says, we define an A player this way. It's a candidate who has at least a 90% chance of achieving the outcomes that only the top 10% of possible candidates could achieve. Wow. Okay. Well, that, that's a wonderful statement, but so how do you measure that? Huh. Okay. How do you measure whether or not they have a 90% chance of achieving what your top 10% have achieved? Well, that's basically what we do. We don't, you know, you define what top performance looks like for you or you help define it to us or explain it to us. And we'll find, create, build a benchmark or profile that reflects that for, from your people or from people elsewhere. And then we'll show you how your candidates compare to that profile. Fantastic. So it's incredibly strategic. Yeah. Tactical is very, very strategic. And you, yeah. you can you can literally you can set out an an organization chart and you can describe the person you want the the personality the the traits the strengths um, all of the above all of the above and how they process information I, you know a lot of people miss that yep. in terms of you know I may have somebody with the perfect personality for this role but if if they're selling. <laughs> You know, if they're selling parts to rocket scientists or, you know, if they're selling parts at the local dollar star store, those are two different roles mm. in terms of who they're communicating with, how they have to process information, how they have to be able to communicate, et cetera. So having the ability to measure cognitive skills can be a huge differentiator and separator in companies that are working with different levels of client and, and personnel and teammates, et cetera, um, it, it goes way beyond just personality. 
the last thing you want, Mike, is to have oil and water when you're client client facing. You don't want right. you do not want to not be able to connect with somebody that you're actually dealing with on the other side. Yeah. And and I'll tell you, Dave, last week I had a I had a call with um, a new sales team that's just come on board and they had 25 salespeople on the call and they were all looking at their own results because we were explaining to them, okay, here's what this means. Here's how other people see you, okay, based on your results, based on your scores. And uh, it's interesting because of the industry they are in and the people they are selling to, it can be very telling sometimes as, you know, you may not have known this about yourself, but here's how other people see you based on how you're wired and, and how to think about that. I, I, I told them to put it in the perspective of think about one prospect or current client that you have that's really hard for you to deal with or understand or communicate with. And think about where your score is. Think about where their score might be on this scale. And and you can have some real aha moments just by understanding how you're wired yourself. And then, you know, managers, hiring managers, leaders can can use this information in a lot of different ways after that. Outstanding. This this is fantastic. And in the era that we're we're moving into with a bit of economic uncertainty, we don't want to do the wrong thing. We want to do the right thing. So Yeah, and, and along those along those lines, Dave, sorry for interrupting, but along those lines, you know, <laughs> a lot of people will say, Yeah, but we're not hiring right now. And I and my my response to that is then this is the perfect time to do to get set up for what's coming next. Yeah. And the perfect time is before your best people leave and go somewhere else, find out what they had in common. Because once it starts to turn around, if if we're in a downturn now, once it starts to turn around, you're going to need to know what it is that's going to build your company back or or how to replace your best people. And finding and keeping A players, it's a 365-day-a-year job. It's not just when you're hiring. It's all the time. I, I like to think about it in terms of, Professional sports franchises, they may not be signing somebody to a contract every day, but they are scouting the world over every day. They're measuring the the characteristics, the performance, the strength, the conditioning, the speed, et cetera, reaction times of the people they have. They know if there's a person they're going to replace. They know what traits, specific skills, et cetera, that they've got to go after to replace that person. And they're always scouring other teams, minor leagues, et cetera, 365 days a year. They have full-time employees that do nothing but that. And not only professional sports teams, but colleges in America, you know, they have they have support teams now in, in college athletic departments that can be 20 and 30 people deep that are just working on the analytics of who's on our roster now. Who could we get on our roster next year? What are the skills, traits, abilities we need for every single position that we're looking for? It's an incredible opportunity for companies, even if you're not hiring today, to be getting ready for when you are going to. So I'll tell you what, what you've shared there, it's a bit like um, Brad Pitt and Moneyball, isn't it? It's just basically, exactly. basically using all the data to give you a, a winning team. So what springs to mind with me there is, uh, Mike, that um, this hiring versus recruiting, 
Hiring is like putting bums on seats. Recruiting is a process of looking for the best people. And I'm reminded of a story. So 20 years ago, I left a, I left a company, but the uh, senior partner at the time of that company spent eight years doing his best to persuade one particular gentleman to come and join the company. So this was particularly in construction, um, but this guy was working for a contractor uh, and uh, it was a project management quantity surveying company that, um, that I was working for eight years. Eventually, every single month for eight years, the senior partner was in touch with this one particular gentleman. Eventually he said, I'm coming. That gentleman, through that process, joined the company and in uh, in the last eight or nine years has helped that company go into three separate uh, countries and expand yeah. and brought different culture. So the power of having that most excellent person joining in terms of the bottom line is, is, is huge. Right. Um, and, and it doesn't just happen at the top end of your organization, Dave. Okay. Cause, cause the article I was, I was look I was reading is, is from somebody who's a, uh, <laughs> they're in the they're in the garage door industry okay yeah, yeah. and and he says he's always looking for people regardless what time of year it is he says if he goes out to a restaurant and and finds somebody who is upbeat has a great attitude provides great service he takes note of that he he writes their name down he asks them if they'd be interested in searching for a job for a great company that you know pays benefits and has insurance and all of this stuff because likely what they're doing now doesn't when he's when he's talking about frontline help in, in you know retail or food industry and and I have clients too that I know some of their senior managers are always on the lookout for good people and it's not always people in their own industry they're looking for great people to begin with and then on top of that in terms of attitude and service and and performance in the job they're doing now. But then in addition to that, they know they've got the ability when they get back to the office, if that person's ever in their hiring funnel, they know they've got the ability to compare them to their best people and see, do they have some of the same traits that our good people have? And can they perform here if we decide to make this decision? Mike, what you're describing there, for me, it's exactly the same as bringing in new clients into a business. And I, 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 there's external clients who are who are fee-paying clients, and there's internal clients who are our colleagues. But guess what? We meet someone, we nurture that relationship, we bring it through. But typically, what tends to happen is with our internal clients, we go, "Oh, this person just left. We need to replace them. There's a spare seat over there. We need to get someone in. How do we get one? How do we get a bum on a seat?" But for me, the whole process, and you've just validated it, is. It just needs to take time. We've got to keep bringing in a different array of people over time, nurture, right. let them see the core values of the company, let them experience a little bit of who we are and how we care for our, our staff, how we will look after them when they're here. And it saddens me that it's like bums on seats. And if people could, could, could treat the internal clients the way they treat the potential external clients, the fee-paying clients, what a different business we would actually have. Right. And, and, you know, you could have, you know, you could be developing your bench, so to speak, any time of year, regardless of if you're hiring or not. Love it. Love it. You, you could be building your bench where when, when I have the opportunity, whether it's because I change in the economy 
or it's because somebody leaves and I know I have to put somebody in that position. Whatever the reason is, you don't have to start from scratch. You can have that bench ready to go and stay in contact with them and say, hey, you know, we've we've done we've done what we can do for now in terms of, you know, groundwork in terms of we're, we're not hiring this very moment. But if it's OK with you, I'd like to stay in touch over the next year or so. And if our situation changes, I'd like to be able to reach out and talk to you and, and see, if, you know, if you have an interest in, in coming and talking with us um, so that when those situations arise, you're not just ready. You, you're you're multi. You're, you're super ready to make an informed decision about somebody that you, you're pretty well set and confident that they can come in and perform because you've done all your due diligence, you're ready to go. It's just a matter of pulling the trigger. Outstanding. I think also, say I was hiring for a position and I've only got one position I can actually hire for, but I get three candidates out of 50 people who apply, but three, three, all three candidates are amazing. Staying in touch with those other two and just maintaining a relationship would be a real smart move as well, wouldn't it? Absolutely. So, so Mike, You've been incredibly generous with your time. What sectors do you actually specifically uh, excel in, or or is it um, across the board? Which areas do you have specific expertise in, and what are the type of hires that you have expertise in? Because I know you've got a couple of programs. One's for senior management. I know you've got. Um, you mentioned you're dealing with some landscaping guys for hiring people on the park and what have you. Is that right? Yeah, we, we actually, Dave, we work with companies of all types and, and across multiple industries. And we have clients that or who, you know, only use our advanced tools for some of their middle or upper level hires. We have other clients who, once they saw how our stuff works, they, they have incorporated our tool set into their process for every single hire in their company every level all positions and and it's a it, it's a business in the financial services industry it's all it's professionals and above you know it's 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 really sharp people and they're making good money and even even for their receptionist and office admin roles though they use our tools because they've seen the value of what they can know and understand about a person and how can they onboard them, get them up to speed, get them through orientation, up to speed and productive as fast as possible? Because that's it, another side benefit of this information is, you know, how fast can they get it? How fast can I throw stuff at them? How should I, you know, when I give them tasks, should I give them two at a time or 10 at a time? That's the kind of stuff we can help them figure out from day one. Outstanding. This is this is fantastic. I love it. And um, I'm looking to hire some people next year as well. So I know where I'll be coming. So really appreciate it. And, um, no problem. So, so Mike, listen, this has been phenomenal, by the way. And uh, as he, you're a busy, busy man. Um, so if somebody wanted to get in touch with you, what is the best way to do that? Well, since since there's a lot of people from different parts of the world on this, I'm going to say the easiest way is to use my email. And my email is Mike, M-I-K-E, at people, P-E-O-P-L-E, dash or hyphen. It's not an underscore. So it's people dash right, R-I-G-H-T. People-right.com. So Mike at people-right.com. Dash 
right r-i-g-h-t dot com fantastic okay. and, and if people want to see you know background of what we've done with other companies that's my website too it's people-right.com you can check us yeah. out uh, we also have a quiz uh, you know that I'll, I'll say to answer your question briefly dave you know any any role where you have objective metrics about who's doing well and who's not is is a perfect starting point for us. We work in all kinds of roles where they have those objective metrics and where, where they don't. But the, the the more objective, the more compelling our results are. Because wow. if you can tell us what work is working, we can tell you how to find and keep more of it. So really what you're saying is if you know your KPIs, key performance indicators, then you can amalgamate uh, your tool to hiring the right people to work within those metrics. Is that correct? Right. Right. Mike, can't thank you enough. It's amazing. You're a dear friend. I'm so pleased we, we met um, through a mutual coaching group, actually, which was even more exciting because yeah, yeah. coaching means that uh, basically you're continually learning and growing. And a friend of mine once said, a very wealthy guy said, you're either green and growing or ripe and rotten. There is no middle ground. So you're clearly yeah, green I and agree. growing. And you help companies to be green and growing with flourishing talent, which is even better. So, uh, right. So, Mike, is there anything, anything else you'd like to add before we, um, before we finish up the show today? Well, you know, the the other, the, the last thing I'll say, um, Dave, is I, we love working with companies who are best in breed or top of their industry or close to it and want to stay there, they, they either want to be number one or they want to separate themselves more from the rest of the pack. And we also work best with people who believe in continuing education and continuing to move the mark and, and think about how we can do things better. So, uh, you know, for companies who are like that, who are green and growing, who want to be better, that's, that's our sweet spot. My, my largest client has been a client for 20 years. And they've been number one in their industry, I think, for 19 or 20 of those years. Wow. So it's uh, we don't work with just the small guys. We work with some really big folks. And the more data you have, the more compelling our stuff can be. But uh, we, we'd love the opportunity. And, and it just starts with a conversation. So if somebody's interested in what we do, reach out by email and we'll figure out a way to uh, have a conversation and, and see if there's a fit or not. Right, fantastic. So just that uh, email address again is mike at sign people-right.com, mike at people-right.com. Correct. Outstanding. Listen, what we'll do, Mike, we'll, we'll, we'll put it in the show notes because this has been incredibly valuable. Really appreciate your time, your knowledge, and your 20-plus years expertise and the fact that you work with some gargantuan companies as well as well as well as, as well as the wee guys, and um, <laughs> I think that broad mix gives you a healthy understanding of human to human nature of doing business, which is wonderful. So, Mike, thank you so much. I really do hope that lots and lots of people get in touch with you, having listened to the show, because the value we've discussed today is huge, and particularly if you want to build a business like. Mike was talking about the uh, the client who's been number one in their sector for the last 20 years since Mike's been working with them. That is absolutely huge. So, Mike, thanks again. You're an amazing man. Thank you, Dave. Enjoyed it. Talk soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Wealthy Wednesday podcast with me, Dave Drimmy. 
Check the show notes below for further details on this week's episode, including links to resources mentioned in the show. And if you haven't subscribed yet, you'll find us on Apple, Spotify, and all good podcast apps. See you next week.